Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everybody out there, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for subscribing on Apple Podcasts to the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. And we'll be telling a story today that has to do with autism because my beloved son Adrian has autism and I talk about him all the time. So if you don't like it, pick a different show, people. He's lovely and he's my son. But that's not it's not actually specifically about my son. It's about someone I was just introduced to who is the CEO of the Applied Behavior Institute. I want to make sure I get that right. Applied Behavior Institute. A lot of you autism parents know what ABA is. We're going to get into all this with my new friend, Clarence Dow Spielman. He is here. And he looks... No, you look no worse for the wear. You you got your uh, you got is that a pandemic beard you've got going, Clarence? Or? Yeah, this is this is phase two of okay. my. Uh, yeah, I have a reopening plan for my for my facial hair. So this is uh, yeah, we're trimming it back a little bit. And I must compliment you on your your background. You you clearly put some thought into that. Clarence is sitting in front of what I can only describe as a Chinese wall. A, <laughs> a, what looks to be a literal. Chinese wall, one of those divider things. Anyway, um, I was on a call, a networking call yesterday, and one of the gentlemen who was featured, he's a lawyer, I won't mention his name because I would embarrass him, but he was like in the basement and in the back of him was kind of like the area between the basement and the garage or something, just junk everywhere. And come on, man, you got to do better than that in this age. This age of the Zoom call, right? You got to put some thought into it. Anyway, so um, I wanted to talk to Clarence about what he does. I, I, I myself am unfamiliar with ABI, but by the way, his outfit can be found at abinewengland.com, abinewengland.com. But tell us, uh, give us the, uh, the cliff notes on the organization and maybe how you got involved in the first place. Sure, sure. Uh, well, again, thank you for having me on, David. Really appreciate the opportunity to, um, you know, to share a little bit about our story and uh, hopefully, um, you know, spread some awareness and, and maybe even open up an opportunity for someone to uh, to get services because we, um, it's been, you know, I'm actually going to start where we are right now, then I'll maybe mm-hmm. work my way backwards. Um, it's It's a pretty revolutionary time for everybody, of course. Um, and for us in the ABA space, um, in offering, um, you know, this treatment for, for autism, we do it mostly through insurance. It's, uh, um, now covered by MassHealth, which is amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also covered by most of the commercial payers. Massachusetts has always been a leader in that, and they've continued to really show up in a big way uh, during COVID. Um, and so back after Governor Baker, you know, declared state of emergency, mm-hmm. and um, he and also President Trump came out and said, you know, we really have to get telehealth up and running. This is something that our field has wanted to do for a long time. Um, especially to get access to remote areas where it's hard to get services. Um, and Massachusetts and MassHealth, they, you know, they turned it on immediately and they've allowed us to do everything via telehealth that we need and hugely supportive to us in the community. Um, so we've been able to provide telehealth, um, you know, across the state, even mm-hmm. though we have a center in Worcester. That's where we decided to kind of plant our flag first um, and, and offer some awesome center-based services, which I'll talk a little bit more about. Um, we're reopening our center on June 8th, but uh, in terms of telehealth, we've had the opportunity to test a lot of things out really, really rapid fire. When you say telehealth, we're talking about, I take it, video conferencing therapy mm-hmm. for, for people with autism. Exactly. Is that, that must be challenging, though. Is it challenging? It is challenging. It is challenging. Um, you know, I can uh, a little bit about me. I, I cut yep. my teeth uh, in, um, you know, working in this field, uh, you know, after I got graduated from college and I was, um, you know, my, both my parents are teachers. So naturally, as I was kind of piecing together my, uh, you know, my career, my income, I started substitute teaching mm-hmm. and I found my way into an integrated um, preschool with uh, 50% of the kids were on some sort of IEP and just really connected with some preschoolers that, you know, were on the autism spectrum and, um, you know, some really, you know, the whole range of kids mm-hmm. and worked my way up to working more with older guys. Mm-hmm. Really loved working with the older guys. Um, and um, screen time was always a really interesting challenge, uh, you know, because it's, it's so immersive and so stimulating in such a world Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually a portal to, you know, many worlds. Um, and so that's a really interesting challenge with telehealth, but we've, uh, you know, been able to leverage because we're um, still in kind of a startup mode and startup space. Uh, we have the added advantage of flexibility and some amazing staff that are really passionate about doing something different and bringing contribution to the field. So we've done research um, on all areas and we're always coming up with ideas of different apps we can use. So, um, you know, like that app on uh, Snapchat, I don't know if, you, if you're on Snapchat. Yeah, I'm but familiar they, with it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like the augmentation, face augmentation. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff you can do. So like doing that, but doing it via Zoom, uh, we have the Zoom's HIPAA compliant uh, class. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, things like that. So wait, tell me how that helps teach someone with autism how to yeah you know, communicate better, or is it yeah, or is it too hard to explain? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll 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 have to defer on some of the deeper clinical dives, to, you know, to my team because I'm not a clinician, but I can say you know basic principles of ABA. So ABA is applied behavior analysis. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is that you know every behavior has a reason in a function. And so we're trying to figure out why certain, you know, behaviors happen. That's kind of one side of it. So, you know, if something's happening because of a reason and it's being ach- achieved or communicated, because all behavior is communication, mm-hmm. you know, communicating that in a way that's not, you know, appropriate or not, you know, going to be beneficial to ourselves and others, like, you know, throwing myself on the floor or throwing a chair through the window if I want a cookie, right? right. That's one communicating that I want a cookie. You know, ideally I learn to use language to do that or, you know, a variety of other ways. Mm-hmm. So kind of really basic example, but 
it applies to everything, you know, all the way up and all the way down. So um, the other side of it is, of course, with skills, like learning skills and how to, you know, either achieve functional communication or, you know, one thing that I really did, because I'm also a yoga teacher and own a yoga school with my my wife and we certify teachers, is, hmm. um, you know, how to teach self-regulation skills, how to identify internal feelings, internal states, um, internal experiences, how to uh, recognize and kind of take steps to either, you know, de-escalate or to, you know, get some more energy in the body when, when we're a little bit low. Mm. Um, so in terms of how that plays out on the screen, um, another basic principle with ABA is when we're teaching um, is this idea of reinforcement. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing something, you know, the environment's always providing reinforcement. So whatever behavior I'm doing, I'm doing that behavior because it's been reinforced in some way. So again, if I throw the, you know, the chair out the window and then I get the cookie, well, you know, maybe I'll do that again. Right. 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 So. Yeah. My son, my son used to work for like pretzels or like Mm -hmm. cherry tomatoes. He loves for some reason. So yeah, the little, little moments you reward him. Right. Exactly. But how do you do, so how do you do that online? I guess you're getting there. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, no, no worries. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's a really, so, so back to the screens, you know, screens, mm-hmm. we know, you know, there's modest amount of research about how stimulating they are. They, you know, activate dopamine receptors in our brains. And so it's, how do you compete with the screen, mm-hmm. uh, for a reinforcer and, and screens are actually used as a reinforcer a lot. You know, you do some work and then you get, you know, break on the iPad or something. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing everything through the iPad, then the question is, how do you, how do you do anything? Right. So we've had to get really creative in how to do that. Um, and so that kind of goes back to the app. So if I have like a face augmentation app, you know, for some some kiddos, it might be kind of freaky to see me turn into like a wizard or a dragon or a unicorn. Right. Okay? But for some of them, they really they like love that. It. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's all about, you know, all about personalizing, making it personalized and precise. And that's really like kind of one of the guiding modern ethos of medicine is how to make everything personalized and precise. Mm-hmm. And we're really trying to do that um, with ABA and all the tools have always been there. But in terms of like the reinforcer conversation, what really gets, you know, what, what is really um, going to be motivating for you? What do you really like? What are your preferences? Mm-hmm. And that gets really interesting as you get older and your preferences get you know more sophisticated. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, but we've been, you know, we, we've been doing, we've been achieving some pretty awesome results, starting to do some in-home now as well. Um, you know, with safety precautions, of course, and following all the CDC guidance and we're, you know, keeping tapped into all the, you know, daily, if not more than daily updates that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's been an extraordinary time, really extraordinary time. So the, and it's particularly important for kids and people with autism because they are thrown off their game right now. We had the benefit, Adrian's mom and I, of having somehow a flexible kid with autism, I guess. I would never typically describe him as flexible because he has autism. He doesn't like when the, the plan changes. He likes to, when he when I drive him somewhere in the car, he already knows exactly what route we're going to take right down to the the exit numbers that he can provide to me anytime I want to. He's a, he's a human GPS. So if, and if at I, what point you're supposed to turn onto the exit, right? Oh, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like a mile before he'll be going 
24 North, Daddy, 24 North. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, 24 North, 24 North. I'll get over, Adrian. I promise I'll get there. And he somehow was able to adapt. I mean, we just told him things are going to be different now, and here's where you're going to be staying. You know, he, t- he used to be at the Cardinal Cushing Center, and we had mm. to bring him home. But I, I take it you must. this must be your world now, a lot of the, the kids and the people that you um, provide services to. You know, some of them must be really in a, in a pickle, you know, in a quandary. Yeah. What, what I mean, is that? You, have, you, have you heard from parents and tell me what that's been like? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as you just referenced, you know, with Cardinal Cushing, you know, a lot of these day programs, I mean, they all had to close, you yep. know, and they're not a reopening until phase two, uh, which is targeted uh, for June 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the residents, you know, some residential programs, they closed some of them. They, you know, they had to do self quarantine within. Um, and then you have schools that are canceled around, uh, you know, and not knowing when services are really going to resume mm-hmm. and we do school contracts as well. So, um, you know, the first thing that we did, um, well, it was multi-pronged. One was, you know, we did this, the deepest, fastest dive we could into telehealth mm-hmm. because we knew that that's how we were going to able to, you know, reach people now. Um, and, you know, re- keeping research on, on all the guidance protocols so that we could building, you know, a sustainable, well-prepared plan to meet people where they're at. Cause we always had the green light to do in home, but it was just family choice and staff choice and our ability to, uh, to make everything safe. And then to, you know, reach out to every principal and special ed coordinator and teacher that we could across the state. And to let them know that we're here, let them know that, you know, insurance coverage is, uh, is possible that every, pretty much every insurance company, all the major ones, a couple of them dragged their feet a little bit, but, um, you know, by, uh, by April, everyone was approving telehealth mm-hmm. for everything. Um, you know, and that these kiddos are able to get services now because in the schools, you know, it's, it's been, um, it's been a process in order to get the, for them to move through the, the, you know, the steps that they have to move through in order to make decisions. And those decisions have been really hard to make and they've been long decisions, the, the, the process. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we did, uh, we've been doing Facebook live classes every week. And, uh, the first one we did was on telehealth and it was for parents and for school administrators and teachers just letting them know this is what we're seeing. This is what we're trying. Mm-hmm. And then we've been updating folks on that, just letting them know kind of like reporting from the front lines, of, you know, cause this is all happening in real time in terms of these questions that you're asking, like a parent wants to know, mm. how does this work? You know, is it, is right. it safe um, with all the shenanigans happening on zoom? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it actually going to work for my, for my child? And is it going to be worth it for families that, you know, are under all these different stressors, having to take on all these roles that they normally had a huge team taking it on. And now they're doing it for, you know, their child that may not be their own only child. And so to take the time that it takes in order to get insurance coverage, which we try to make it as easy as possible, but there's still a little bit of legwork, you know, required to get all the paperwork and all that. Um, so we've been really trying to just maximize as much as possible education mm-hmm. uh, for, for families, do as much as we can, reaching out to doctor's offices to do all the advocacy to insurance companies to try to get them to make exceptions for approving insurance when a physician's office is closed and we can't get, you know, certain medical records Mm -hmm. um, just so we can kind of move things forward and and have something for them. And now we're starting to roll out a little bit more with uh, the center reopening and some more in-home services that are, uh, that are happening. 
Is it possible that virtual treatment will become a bigger part of what you do permanently going forward? No, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I uh, personally, I really, I, I hope so. I think that it's an idea whose time has come. And especially again for, you know, like the Western half of the state, for example, um, there's really not a lot of um, services available for folks um, because it's more of a remote area. You know, you have Springfield, which is kind of your farthest West um you know, uh, city and you have Worcester where we are, of course. Um, but anything else above that, you know, not so much going on. So for us, you know, being able to, to, you know, hire some staff that, that can cover a really wide area and provide, you know, some, uh, some, some supervision, uh, via video, um, is, uh, is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's changing the way we do business. Tell me a little more about the crossover, if there is some, between yoga and ther- and uh, ABA or in general, you know, therapy for autism. And the reason I ask is my son is definitely um, a kid who has the sensory issues. Used to have a much more. He's been, he's through therapies. He does much better. He can get his hair cut now. No problem. Used to be. It was hell for him. Um used to love swimming, still like swimming, doesn't like it as much as before, but I think he, it, he loved it so much because it provided when you're in the water, you've got pressure coming at you from just about all angles. And that was very soothing to him. So they, they, they like that kind of thing. They like it when he always likes it when I body slam him on the couch or something, cause he likes feeling my, the, my weight. And is yep. that, is that, I don't know too much about yoga, but is that a kind of yoga thing to be kind of in touch with your body? So is there actually a, a parallel? Yeah, yeah. And um, how, how old is uh, Aiden? A- Adrian is... Adrian, uh, I'm sorry. Adrian. You're on the Boston podcast. You better get my son's name. Right. No, I'm just kidding. His name's his name. I it's, didn't. It's okay. He's, it, Aiden, it, Aiden is better than... that. There are all kinds of variations. Um, anyway. Anyway. So, um, yes. Adrian is... Adrian's 21. He's 21 years old. Yeah. Okay. And you can still body slam him, right? You see, you must be uh, keeping up yeah. in good shape. <laughs> yeah. I'm still... <laughs> I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm still bigger than him in in more than one way. Um, but yes, yeah. yes. I'll, I'll approach it from a couple different angles. One, um, there's a lot of really interesting research being done um, in a lot of different medical journals about yoga. Mm-hmm. Of course, yoga. There's a lot of you know um, nuance to you know what that actually is. But by and large, when we talk about yoga, you know, in in sort of the therapeutic application, we're talking about you know, some beneficial postures. We're talking about mindful moving meditation. Moving meditation is kind of a great way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so awesome. I mean, like, you know, for me, I, um, you know, I've tried all different sorts of meditation, sitting meditation, um, you know, visualizations, and I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, but moving meditation is, is a special one. And it's very accessible because you don't have to worry about sitting still. You don't have to worry about, you know, it, Going inside is uh, is something that everyone can do and everyone does do. Um, we just might not call it that. Mm-hmm. But with something like movement meditation and just kind of simplifying everything except for how you're moving your body and how you're breathing and, uh, and doing that for some sort of, you know, intentional amount of time um, is kind of what we're talking about with yoga. Mm-hmm. And um, again, there's a lot, even in the ABA space, there's some people that are really starting to come out and like present at conferences about their work with uh, with with yoga and and ABA specifically, um, and then it also has other applications, you know, in so many different other ways. Um, so for me, um, I've always kind of 
been able to weave it in. I used to work directly with, you know, kids, as I was saying, and um, sometimes it would be, you know, an actual kind of, you know, um, it would be part of like a self-regulatory skills program, which when I was kind of at the end of my, that phase of my career, that's what I would specialize in putting together. And I kind of wove it together with a couple other different pieces, but it, it kind of, you can kind of think of it very simply as this, like with your, with your son, mm-hmm. he, has a, he has certain things that he does. Um, and maybe you've helped him a lot to mm-hmm. really have the, those things be a part of his life that help him to calm down or help him to get up or, you know, just kind of be able to move with life, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever yep, way that sure. means in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, I guess the first step is, so what are some of the tools that he needs? And as ABA, we are really good at that. We're really good at teaching skills. Now the in, it gets interesting when we think about, all right, so if you teach a man how to fish, you know, he can, he, you know, he can eat for life. Right. So mm-hmm. ABA is really good at giving fish and we literally, you know, do it. And then we give fish to reinforce you, you know, eating your fish with the reinforcers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but how do we get kids to learn how to, catch their own fish and how to self-regulate on their own and for me that's a really interesting space that i think the field is just starting to move into i used to work for a company and and it was run by a, a bcbad which is a um you know bcba with a doctorate and bcas are the if anyone doesn't know license the, license therapist yeah the license yep. therapist yep, yep. Mm-hmm. and um and she saw what I was doing, um, you know, with these programs. And I was also using tech. I had like an app that I uh, prototyped with uh, some folks at MIT to, uh, to make like an avatar um, uh, out of, um, you know, the data that we were collecting so that when I was working with my, with my guys, we could look at a laptop and see the avatar kind of get like power-ups depending upon mm-hmm. the certain skills that they were doing, you know, working on or behaviors that they were engaging in. Um, and she's like, this is really, really fascinating because for us in our field, you know, it's called be- applied behavior analysis. And mm-hmm. we look at behaviors and the, and the sort of the idea, the philosophy is that um, we only really want to look at behaviors because behaviors are measurable. Right. And so that's anything I can observe. Mm-hmm. But anything that I can't observe, it's going in inside, it's called um, mentalistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have sort of like behavioralists on the one hand that look at external things, you know, I'm throwing the chair to get the cookie. All right. So that's something I can observe. So let me try to teach you how to use a card that has a picture of a cookie on it. And I'm going to take data on whether or not that, that's the way I'm teaching it to you works. And then that right. way I actually know is that thing that I'm trying to do, which is called an intervention. Is that actually achieving the outcome that I want, which is less chair throwing and more, you know, using of the car to get the cookie, more proactive pro-social behavior. So it's really valuable. It's awesome that we're able to have that focus on measuring and that's why it's evidence-based and that's why it's covered by insurance. But on the other hand, there's all this rich um, content that is internal, internalized content or we call private events in, in, in the field, which means that, you know, how can you measure something that's going on in someone internally? Mm -hmm. You know, how can you actually work with that? So that's what I was really interested in finding the intersectionality between looking at what the outcomes were and how to measure this and how to hold it up to the science, but on the same hand, how to help essentially someone be the architect of their inner world mm-hmm. and be able to identify in the moment, oh, I'm feeling this way and make the connection. Oh, when I feel this way, 
I can do something about it and then be able to extrapolate to, oh, when I'm feeling this way, I can do something about it. And these things have in the past helped me. So mm-hmm. I can do, you know, I can ask my dad for a body slam or I can body slam myself or I can jump <laughs> on the trampoline or whatever it is that we've identified in the process that are tools and strategies that work for them. Right. Um, so and it's a little bit about. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. He, I don't know. His, his mom has been doing yoga with him a little bit, Adrian, but I don't know if he has the patience for it. But like you say, yeah. all kids are different and they're going to respond to to different things. So um, we're up against the clock a little bit here, but I want to remind people that um, you can learn more about Clarence and the uh, Applied Behavior Institute at abinewengland.com. Now, before we go, we're going to play a round of good stuff, which Clarence has not been prepared for at all, but I promise you it's not going to hurt a bit, Clarence. We just, in this segment, we recommend something good for our listeners. It could be anything, something that has perhaps helped you get through this pandemic. Could be something you're watching on TV. It could be a recipe. It could be your favorite coping device. It could be anything. It's easy. It's good stuff. And it's coming up uh, right after I tell you about the Boston Podcast Network at pod617.com. If you'd like your own podcast, we'll send you a USB microphone. You can plug it right into your computer, a quality one, not one of those crappy ones. We'll send that to you on the house if you want to get started and we can produce your podcast remotely. We've been doing it remotely for a couple of years now, so we're pretty good at it. Go to pod617.com to get started. And if you'd like to be a guest on this show, no fee, no strings attached. Say you're someone who owns a business or some kind of service provider that wants to remind people that you're still out there, you're still open for business, you're still kicking during these uncertain times. Just email me, david at pod617.com. We'll get you on the Boston podcast. Now, let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. So, Clarence, now you've had about 17 seconds to think about it. But, um, yeah, give us something that's helped you cope. It doesn't have to be anything connected to what you do or whatnot. So do you have something for our listeners? Yeah, I'll... um first thing that pops into my head is uh take your shoes off take your socks off find some nice grass and just put your bare feet in the grass (laughs) that's a good one right (laughs) that's a good one yeah i got outside yesterday with um my girlfriend and her daughter we didn't prance through the meadow or anything but we we actually played tennis prancing is optional prancing is is good but you're right we have have to remind ourselves to get outside it's very easy to to think that this whole thing requires us to be inside plenty of safe ways to go outside go for a hike or something i was playing i played a little bit of tennis yesterday and noticed these dudes playing uh pickleball now do you know what pickle pickleball is yeah, uh, I'm familiar because my father-in-law is, uh, he became an avid pickleball player about a year ago. He loves tennis, but he's really into the pickleball now. Now I thought it was invented for older people who just can't get around as much playing tennis, which maybe it was, I don't know. But these dudes were like, it was like rapid fire pickleball. Like they were really working and uh, I'm going to look into that because it, cause it seems fun. You still get exercise, but you don't have to run back and forth. It's probably easier on the knees. I don't know. I can't recommend it because I didn't actually play it, but I witnessed it. Um, The other thing I will recommend for our listeners is if you're looking for something new to binge, there's a show that I think has flown kind of under the radar. If you're like a, uh, whether you're a true crime fan or a phony crime fan, this is, this, this is one of these um, thrillers. It's about a murder. The show is called Broadchurch. It's, it's a 
British mm. show from the BBC. And I just don't think a lot of people have, have talked about it too much. You hear a lot about, I mean, everyone's seen Ozark now. Well, if you like Ozark, you'll like this show just because lots of twists and turns and excellent acting. And uh, there you go, Broadchurch. Um, all right. Well, Clarence. Sorry we have to go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Oh, you do have to stay home because everyone has to stay home. Once yeah. again, uh, Clarence, thanks for joining me. ABINewEngland.com is where you, that's the best way to get in touch with you and to learn. It is. I'll also give uh, um, our phone number is um, 617-402-5444. And our intake coordinator, uh, D, uh, Deidre uh, Viscount, she's, uh, she's happy to talk with anyone that is um, just looking for some information or uh, for, for services at this time. Well, keep it up. Plenty of needy people out there and people with autism just trying to get their mojo back after all this business. So hang in there, everybody. Clarence, thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast and email me if you want to be on this show. This is David at Pod617. Com. On behalf of Clarence, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Get out there. Walk along the grass. Prance through the meadow if you care to. I've